Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you have questions about our church or following Jesus, feel free to reach out to us at info at theplantchurch.org. Now, here's today's message. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to do something a little bit different. As I really prayed about Advent, I really wanted to start this Advent season off right. Advent is a weird time. It's a time of great anticipation and excitement. But it's also a time where many people struggle with faith, with relationships, with family. And I really wanted this morning to be a time of just posturing our hearts perfectly. God and I had a great conversation. I'm like, hey, God, what's up? He's like, not much. What's going on? I said, can you make it rain today or snow? And he made it rain. That way, it sets the ambiance. The lights are down perfect, uh, purposely and perfectly so that you get to just sit back and be challenged with, with, with how God wants this Advent season to start. You see, Advent is a time of preparation. Preparing our hearts for the reminder that Christ was born. I have Oscar behind me. Let's give Oscar a hand. Yeah. Dude's amazing on keys. He's got that little jazzy thing going on. And I asked him because of what we're going to do this morning, if he would just play behind me, and I'll explain why. But what I want to do is I want to invite you to stand with me as I read Matthew chapter 1. And this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, and all, let's say this together, God is with us. God is among us. You may be seated. The long-awaited one. In this passage, we learn of a young man who was engaged to be married to a young girl. That's how they did things culturally back then. And they were engaged to be married. And he had found out that Mary was pregnant. And he had heard this story that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And yet he did not believe. Kind of easy not to believe, right? And in that, an angel appeared. And an angel appeared to Joseph and he said, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife and raise this child. 
and you shall call him Jesus. And I love what it says about Joseph. It says that he was a righteous man. I like to say he was a good man. You see, he lived right with God and with others. And he chose to do what was right, to do what God invited him to do. And that was to walk in faith. Walk by faith. Trusting that that child in Mary's womb was the son of God. And he was waiting. He was waiting for the Messiah. But never would he have ever thought that he would be the one who would come alongside Mary and raise the son of God. We're going to do something really fun this Advent season. We're going to look at different Christmas carols. And we're going to look at different Christmas carols. Each week will be a new Christmas carol. And what we want to do over the next four weeks, including today, is to talk about what are the meanings behind these Christmas carols. What is the orthodoxy? What's the theology? And then what's the orthopraxy? How do we respond? How many of you love Christmas carols? Anyone? I love Christmas carols. I've been playing them since November 1. I purposely kept my serious radio because I knew that when November hit, I would at least have two Christmas channels. And I really started practicing this over the last couple years. And yes, I love to sing, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Uh, favorite one, I remember eighth grade, Brookside Middle School, singing that. And it was such a great song. There's no theology to it, though. I promise you. Especially now that Sue's a grandma, there better not be any theology to it. <clears throat> but, but I also love to, to sing the carols. I love to be one of those crazy guys driving down the highway and I'm singing really loud. I love it. I love it. You see, these carols have so much theology. How many of us love repeating songs on Sunday mornings? Anyone? Anyone? How many of you hate it? Just raise your hand. How many of you hate the repeating of the songs on Sunday morning, right? Certain, <laughs> certain people hate when they're like, we do the same song 45 times in a row. But here's something. You'll notice this. Christmas carols, especially the, the sacred ones, the holy ones, repeat themselves oft, often. But think about this. In Scripture, from Genesis to Revelations, the authors repeated the stories of God often. In Psalms, the authors would repeat themselves and repeat themselves and repeat themselves. And then all the authors would repeat the Psalms. And whether it was in Genesis or all the way through the Gospels and even the Epistles, we hear the repeating of stories. Why? Because when we repeat things, we're saying that we believe. We want to believe. We want to understand. We want to grasp. And so this Christmas, we're going to look at several different carols and the deep, deep meaning to them. First one we're going to look at today and focus on today is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Such a beautiful, beautiful hymn, beautiful carol. It's one of those that there's so many emotions. When you, when you sing it, there's like highs, there's lows, there's, there's kind of like sticking points in the score that you often don't know what to feel. It's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. It was written between the 8th and the 9th century, and no one knows the original authors. 
You see when I, when I said it was written, it was between the 8th and the 9th century. Now here's what's interesting. The reason why this was written was because there was poor theology. That's why it was written. Many of the carols were written because in different eras, in different period of times, there was really poor theology. And so authors of songs would write good theology into music, knowing that when we sing them, we are repeating ourselves, right? I mean, think about the theology of Bon Jovi, living on a prayer. How many times have you sung that song? How many times have you held on to that, right? You know that song inside and out. You sing Bon Jovi like you believe it. Do I get an amen? Right? Seriously, you go to a wedding, you're just like, take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. That's a really good hope. But, but when you really look at the authors, here's what they did. They wrote Christmas carols for good theology. I have a slide with a few points on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Can you bring that up? One, it was written during the 8th and 9th century. Two, it was written for good theology. Three, in 1851, John Mason Neal constructed the song in a way that we sing it today. So the way that we sing it is how John Mason Neal had rewritten it. But here's another thing that happened. The week before Advent, Benedictine Gregorian monks would start the first day of that final week starting to repeat each verse one at a time every day. So Sunday was verse 1. Monday was verse 2. Tuesday was verse 3. And they would build up throughout the week to Christmas. Why? Because the words are so powerful and so true. And I believe it's true with all of ourselves that oftentimes we need to remind ourselves of who God is. Because when we remind ourselves of who God is, we get to remind ourselves of who we are as sons and daughters of God. So think about that. Next time you hear one of the worship leaders say, hey, let's do that again. Let's sing that again. Let's lean into it again. Remember that what you are singing is to remind you not only of who God is, but who you are as a child of God. You see, when you sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, it is rooted in the Old Testament. And let's be honest right now. Theology in our culture is very very weak. It's not Jesus heavy. It's not holy heavy. It's not highly God focused and being called to truly live the Jesus way. And oftentimes as Christians, we love to stay in the New Testament. But all of Jesus is rooted in the Old Testament. From Genesis, through the Gospels, through the Epistles, to revelations, all of it is connected. Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law. I have come to fulfill the law. And I love when you you read Paul and Peter, they point to these things. Look at Ephesians 1.10, or at least listen to me read it since it's not behind me. And this is the plan. 
at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. At the right time, he being God will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. You see, in the Old Testament, it was a preparation for Jesus. It was a preparation for when man, when humanity had fallen, God already set in motion the perfect plan for you and I to know him and be known by him. I love when you read the prophets, Joel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Haggai, Hosea. All these prophets, they speak to the future of who Jesus is. They speak to the future of who Jesus is. It even says in scriptures that the angels awaited the coming of Christ. Listen to this passage. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. When they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. Even the prophets wanted to know about this gracious salvation. Prepared for who? For us. For you. For me. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. They were told that this message was not for themselves, but for us. I'll never forget when we started the plant and my office was my home office in my basement. And I'd go down there every day and Jake and Scooby-Doo, my two dogs would follow me down. And I remember one day I was really wrestling with God, like, God, I want to see it now. I want to see your church built now. And the Holy Spirit said, do you have the capacity? Listen to this. Do you have the capacity to build a church for 15 years from now? For 30 years from now? 15 years later, look at this. My kids grew up in this church. My son plays in the band. How cool is that? Steve Krause is his guitar teacher. How awesome is that? But even more so, the capacity to build a church for grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Plant family. What we're doing here is more than about us. It's about generations to come. And what God wants to do in our church is so much bigger than what he's doing now. And do we have the capacity to lean into the things that he wants us to be a part of so that future generations would come to know him? I give him my yes. I give him my yes. 
And now this good news has been announced to you and by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Wow. And the angels cheer us on. And the angels cheered on the disciples. Don't even worry about the slides. Just let's kill them. If it's distracting me, it's definitely distracting you. <laughs> but think about that. Think about the power in that. Think about even the heavens are watching. For no one knows except the Father who tells the Son, who empowers us through the Holy Spirit. You see, what I love about the Old Testament is that it prepares us for all that God has in store. And when we sing these songs, when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, we are declaring intellectually and engaging emotionally that God is coming. And God has already come. And he's already amongst us. And there's this tension between the already, wow, I'm walking with Jesus, and the not yet until everything is made perfect in God's sight. But remember, it all is rooted in the Old Testament. I've come to fulfill it, not to abolish it. I've come to make it, make it whole, make it new, make it fresh. Make it attainable. I love when you go through O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that, that all of a sudden you see names of Jesus. Not from the New Testament, but all throughout the Old Testament. And I love that every time you sing one of these names, there's like this, this buildup. And then this place of, what do I do with this? This declaration of the name, the promise of what it is. Have I experienced it? And if I haven't experienced it yet, will I allow myself to? So let me walk you through the names of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So as you sing these, they become your reality. They become who Jesus is, not just to the authors, but for you yourself. Begins with Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah 7.14. I, I love when you look at Isaiah, how this came about. Isaiah was living under the oppression of a bad king. The king dies. Isaiah was always coaxed into not always doing things best. And then he had an encounter with the living God where, where his, he was touched by God. And he prophesied, that who touched me will become the reality for everybody else. And he declares, and God will be with us. Jesus, the God-man, came to earth that everyone believe, who believes in him will not perish, but have ever lasting life. We are allowed to know God. We are allowed to stand in God's presence 
because of Jesus and Jesus only. Another name is Rod of Jesse. Springing from a dead stump, he will free his people by death and resurrection from Satan's tyranny and make them free forever. Here's the narrative behind the Rod of Jesse. God had handpicked David. And he said, if those who follow after you live in holiness, your kingdom will live forever. And so David was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart. But as you watch the kings throughout the Old Testament, you see this, some leaning in, some pulling away. But God did make a promise that Messiah, Yeshua, will come through your lineage. Think about what the angel had said to Joseph. Joseph, son of David. You see, Joseph came through the lineage of David. Many, many great, 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 great grandfathers ahead of him was King David. And Joseph was probably told that. Hey, you know you came from the line of King David? Funny story, I don't think I've ever shared this in church. My grandmother in her older age, I went to go visit her where she lived. She said, I want to tell you something, but you can never tell anybody. I'm like, okay, nanny, that doesn't work well. She's like, you come from the line of Mozart, but don't tell anyone because then they might, then they might think you're proud. I'm like, well, I'm really not that musical, so it doesn't really matter anyways. But it's like, wow. My mom, crazy musician. My grandmother, even a crazier musician. My children are pretty musical. And I'm like, wow. So when my son started playing guitar, I'm like, yo, you know you're from the line of Mozart. From, he's like, huh? What are you talking about? I'm like, seriously, you're from the line of Mozart. He goes, okay. <laughs> but, but, it's, but there's something different when you say that you're from the line of David. Because Joseph knew that the Messiah was going to come through him. And so when the angel started unfolding the prophetic message of the Old Testament, Joseph grasped it. He grasped it. He grasped it that the Messiah was going to come from David. He grasped it that, that the child would come from a virgin. And he grasped it and he gave Jesus his yes. You see, God's promises are yes and amen. And the reality is, is you can't stop them, nor can I. Another name that we sing about in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is Dayspring. Malachi 4.2 says, And the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will be let out like calves jumping for joy. See, when I was in seminary, we were given a a sheet of about 30 different passages. And it was a week-long intensive class. And our professor said, I want you to take the week and pray through which verse you want to be your ministry verse. And I took the, the week and I read through each one of them, each one of them, each one of them. And I kept coming back to Malachi 4 because I believe in the healing power of Jesus. I believe Jesus heals emotionally. I believe Jesus heals spiritually. I believe Jesus heals relationally. 
I believe and I've seen Jesus heals financially, and I believe that Jesus heals physically. And so I remember we all had to stand up in class, and he's like, so what's, what's your passage? I'm like, Malachi 4.2. And the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his ways. That's who Jesus is. The day spring. He is the sun to the world's darkness. Another song we sing, another name we sing in the song is, is Key of David, Isaiah 22, 22. He rescues us from hell, locks the door behind us, and unlocks the door of heaven and brings us home. He is the key of David. He locks the door of hell behind us. The moment we give Jesus our yes, he locks up our past. And he takes our sin and he throws them as far as the east is to the west. Never, never remembering our wrongs that we have done. Sins of omission and sins of commission. He remembers none. And what he does is he opens the door to our future. Jesus is the key of David. He is the desire of nations, Haggai 2.7. He will draw the ransom from every people and make them a kingdom of peace. You see, when Jesus came, he came first for the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And then he went to all people. When we planted the plant, Omar and I had really prayed that we would be a diverse church in Bergen County. And we prayed because diversity gives the full picture of the kingdom of God. Because everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. It's an inclusive invitation. Jesus says, everyone come and I will give you rest. But God is exclusive in this. It's only in Jesus. It's only by Jesus. It's only through Jesus. And it's only because of Jesus. He doesn't care our past. He doesn't care our nationality. He doesn't care, care our, our social status. He just wants hearts that are open and receptive to him. And the way to the Father is through the Son. He is the desire of all nations. That's what's so sad, what's going on in the world today. Ukraine, between Turkey and Armenia, Israel and Palestine, is that lives are being lost. And Satan is just sitting back laughing at humanity. And I believe Jesus is sitting at the throne weeping and saying, stop. What you desire is found in me and me alone. Another name is Adonai. My Lord, Exodus 3.15. You see, when Moses went to the burning bush, he's like, who are you? And God said, I am that I am. 
And when you take Yahweh and you translate into other names, it is Adonai, Lord. And Moses fell because he knew he was standing on holy ground. And God became his Lord. I love when you read the disciples about the disciples in Jesus. That they called Jesus Lord. They put themselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't a president. He's not an ambassador. He's a king. There's only one king who sits on one throne, and it's him. And we have the privilege. We have the opportunity. Opportunity. We have the rights to call him our Lord and be called as sons and daughters of God. Adonai, my Lord. I will say this. I knew for me to experience the fullness of Jesus, I knew for me to experience the fullness of this life, I couldn't be a Christian. I had to be a Christ follower. I had to make Jesus Lord of every area of my life and the areas that I did not want him to be Lord of. I had to come to a place and say, I am willing for you to be Lord over all things. Because when he is Lord over all, we give him permission. We grant him authority to do everything he has already planned and already set in motion for us to experience. This is who Jesus is. Emmanuel, rod of Jesse, day spring, key of David, desire of nations, Adonai. This was achieved through him for us. With every verse, the refrain reaches down musically to pull us up in faith to see the certainty of the end. That there's so much more to this life. You see what I love about Scripture? It says, it says in the New Testament that all Scripture is God-breathed. And when I read that, I see that it says all Scripture is God-breathed pointing to Jesus. And Jesus only. So think about these names. Emmanuel, do you experience God with you on a regular basis? Or have you ever? Dayspring, is he your joy? Is he where your hope is found? Can you see in your life how he has opened your prison doors? Is he your key of David? That he has locked up your past? That no longer haunts you? That no longer throws shame on you? That no longer allows for you to live in guilt? Is he your key of David that's opened up the future that your best is now? It's now. It's every single day how you live. And Jesus has opened up eternity for you. Is Jesus your Lord? 
Have you ever come to a place like the tension of the song, the highs, the lows, the, 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 the places, the, the stalemate of this music where you, where you ask yourself the hard question, will I allow Jesus to be Lord of all? Of all. It's like my wife. I want all of her heart. It's why I married her. She was willing to give me everything as we learned to do life together. That's why she married me. All of me or none of me. But yet the ability to say, Jesus, today, I'm going to learn to allow you to be Lord over everything. See, Christmas is such an interesting time. It's this longing at Christmas. We build up this hype that literally we run through Christmas. How many of us run through Christmas? Huh? Right? Lights are down low. You can true confessions, right? You run through Christmas. And you actually believe the more you do, the more you spend, the more you set up, the more you try to make things perfect, that after Christmas, everything will be better. And yet you've never learned that when you rush through Christmas and try to make everything perfect, December 26 is a huge let down. Do I get an amen? It's true. I really think, and this is why I wanted us to start with this song, is because O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is this preparation of saying that I'm going to align myself for the real reason for this season, which is Jesus. That I will allow who Jesus is and what he has done for me to draw me into a more intimate relationship with him. Where I'm allowing him in this month to work on me more than ever. Because when you really embrace the Christmas season like that, December 26 is a beautiful day. Because for 25 days, you allow the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to sanctify you sharpen you, to move in you in a way that, that you've never done, or maybe you don't do. And it's so true in all of our lives. I, I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. You see, there's this already, not yet. I have Jesus in my life, but I'm still struggling. I know God has so much in store, but it's not fully here yet. It's the already, not yet. It's really what the song is singing to. This future hope as we live in the hope that he's already given us in the present. It's the truth. There's so many things that I know God wants to do in my life. And yet they haven't happened yet. But I've seen him do so much already that it makes me anticipate what is to come. 
And that's part of the Christmas holiday. That there are going to be certain things that will not happen on this side of eternity. But one day, we will be with Jesus. One day, we will be made perfect. One day, no more sin, no more pain. One day, no more depression, no more anxiety. One day, no more financial pressure that you feel you could never get out underneath because you will be walking on the streets of gold. Right? It's just already not yet. And this journey that we are walking through literally goes through this whole song where these highs and lows and stanzas of not knowing what to do with it. And that's life. That's the Christian faith. That's sanctification. Being present as Jesus is your Lord. As you learn to walk with Emmanuel. As you allow God to unlock the doors that he wants to unlock for you and lock the doors behind you that need to be locked and never to be opened again. And there's this longing. There's one verse in Revelations that that I really hold on to. One day we will all be with Jesus if we are followers of Christ. But in Revelations, it does talk about one moment. It'll be a moment. I think it'll be a moment that feels like eternity, but it's going to be like a blink of an eye. Where we will weep. We will weep. And then that weeping will go away. Jesus says that there will be a moment of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It'll be the weeping of the pain of what this world has put on us. But in the next moment, it'll be a joy that because that pain will never be put on us again. And so when you see the brokenness of the world, it's a reflection of what sin has done. But when you look to the hope of all that God has already accomplished in your life, of, of, in your life, it's the picture of what will be always. It's the already, not yet. I knew 15 years ago that there would be a day that this room was filled, but it didn't happen. And there were so many times I wanted to walk away. But God was like, no, walk with me. Journey with me. There was a day when my kids were little that I couldn't wait till they got married and had babies. And yet I had to deal with all the chaos of all the little kid stuff and all the teenage stuff and all the young adult stuff. And now I get to watch it. I can't wait till eternity. With all the things that God promised in Scripture, that's the reality forever. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. One last thing 
Come, O Come, Emmanuel is a song not that we only sing about Christmas, but it's a song that we sing about the future. He's coming back. There will be an imminent return. Imminent means we don't know when. Imminent means we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But one day, Jesus is coming back. And when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, we are crying out that God would send his son now. But everyone's like, but I want to see my kids grow up and go to college. No, you don't. You want Jesus to come up, come now. So you get to live in eternity with your kids. Amen? This world is a glimpse of the fullness of who God is. See, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. He said, this is my body broken for you. Jesus is our Emmanuel. Jesus is our rod of Jesse. Jesus is our day spring. Jesus is our key of David. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat it. Then took the cup. He said, this is my new covenant. Poured out for all. Everybody has the opportunity. Everybody gets to sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Everybody has the opportunity. But Jesus says in sorrow, but only many will believe. He says, all are welcome. But he declares in sorrow, only many will believe. You see, we get to declare that God is with us because God, through his Holy Spirit, in this new covenant, lives in us. We get to declare God is with us because God lives in us. Let's drink. We are going to close with this carol and with this hymn. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay seated until you need to proclaim. For all you extroverts, you're going to jump up right away. For all you introverts, you're going to stay seated the whole time. But I want you, as you go through this song, When there is that moment that Emmanuel strikes your heart, I want you to stand up and I want you to sing. I want you not only to sing, but I want to challenge you to lift your hands and declare, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Because he is already with us. And yet we long to be with him forever. Amen. Amen. Sing.
As your pastor, here is my prayer, that these next 24 days would be divine, that on December 26, you will be drawn closer to Jesus than you've ever been drawn before. Do not rush the holidays. Take space so that you know who God is. Who you are 
bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If this podcast has been helpful for you to know Jesus and make him known, then check out our website for more sermons and other resources, theplantchurch.org.